1: are still looking for that elusive first league win. Borley still at the helm. We're going to talk about whether that should be a permanent thing and about some footy on the field as well. This is a Wise Men's Here podcast. Strong line-up tonight, Gareth. Apologies for any former guests. I'm not trying to imply that... Um, it hasn't been a strong lineup yeah. previously. You need to worry if you come on in the future and we start using you as a. You know we've got a weakened lineup tonight. <laughs> We're using our rotation system. The old guard. Yeah. Bringing the old guard back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have Chris Young from the Sunil Necko and former Wayside Raw editor Tom Lynn with us. You both okay, chaps? Fine, thank you. We are. Chris, you. Uh, let's get straight into it. At the press conference today. Then I didn't get a chance, I didn't have a chance to get there. ballie as bullish as ever. How was it?
2: Yeah, his typical self. Yeah. Um, Still, nothing really new on on the job situation. Um, he obviously said he, he'd spoken to Ellis Shaw after the Liverpool game about what was going to happen for the Man United one, just basically in terms of organisation, really. Uh, and then he says that there'll be sort of further discussions after the Man United game on Saturday. But I, I wouldn't imagine we're going to we're going to see any managerial movement now between now and then. Mm-hmm. Well, we are going to get onto the
1: the management. Th- thing in a little bit we'll talk about the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the terminology i'm using and um, we're, we're going to talk about we will talk about the liverpool game first just because we've got more important you know, we've got pressing matters to get on with after that so we'll just loosely talk about that now um and i'll start because you know be hypocritical of me not a credit ball for playing a three-man central midfield i feel like we should play some music gareth like hallelujah kind of thing but uh, you
3: got your the, early password now so yeah well say. that's it
1: um but you know Let's be honest, they had more possession, they kept the ball better, it was an improvement in that aspect, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, and it was um <clears throat> good to see as well that even though he picked the the starting eleven that played in the Peter game and maybe it wouldn't have been a starting eleven that a lot of people wouldn't have picked in the in the Premier League game. Um he played two different systems with the same team and they both looked quite good and they both were centred around ha- having, having more midfield, midfield having more people in midfield which um, if anyone watched the the Manchester City game last night, just goes to show. And I think Craig Clark mentioned it once you take take a striker off, bring a midfielder on and then all of a sudden you look a goal threat, you don't have to have loads of strikers on the pitch to be a goal threat and I think you know that that's something that ball's embraced and or has always embraced maybe, I don't know. I, I haven't seen loads of the, the, the under twenty ones and the kids and, and what have you. But yes, three midfield, good.
1: <laughs> well, you know that I agree about that. You happy with the team selection Sunday Saturday gone, Tom?
0: Um, well, you know my opinion on uh, Seb Larson in central midfield, <laughs> I think yeah. that uh, he's had enough chances there and unfortunately he doesn't do it enough, I mean he has had the odd good game, ironically one of them was against Newcastle away last season, um, but I would have preferred to see Cabral in there to, to toughen it up even more, um, the Cabral situation is very strange, I mean he's even been linked with the lone Mountain at Blackpool this week on evidence we've um, seen him so far, you, you know, he, all you can judge a player is in what you actually physically see him do. And against uh, Spurs and Man City in Hong Kong, he played very well, and he was arguably man of the match um, against Fulham. Um, you know, even if that was contentious, he did very well against Fulham. Then all of a sudden, he's just nowhere to be seen. Uh, and unless he's done something, you know, drastically wrong in the background, I just don't understand why he hasn't been included. I know he played against M K and Donson, didn't play very well. But maybe by that time his confidence had been affected by being dropped and all the sort of publicity, you know, surrounding the fact that he didn't play in the Southampton game, etc. Um, generally, yeah, though we did we did move the ball around quite well in, in patches. But the the Liverpool game to me was a little bit like the Arsenal game where we were come good for like spasmodic patches and just don't do it over a sustained period
1: spasmodic patches i love them i love that <laughs> is the um, is the legs in the cabral the blackpool thing Kristen?
2: very much so. well blackpool are certainly interested um whether Sunland are prepared to let him go out on loan i'd, I'd be amazed at the moment <laughs> when be, there's no permanent be crazy, manager wouldn't it? Be crazy. um i i mean I, after he after cabral got left out mysteriously i, I mean I, I spoke to cabral's agent and he said there's nothing untoward about it he just said that was what Paolo Di de canio decided um, and he wasn't going to have to work hard to get back into his plans so, but I, I agree it was odd um, and it's still odd that he's still finding himself out of the picture now mm-hmm. but obviously we're not watching him in training but I think there is a suggestion that he perhaps doesn't cover the yards that other mm-hmm. midfielders do um, but it, but it's strange
0: I just remember what uh, Defanti said um, if you go onto the club website there's an article dated back to July the 13th and he was on about the fact that he'd stayed in a restaurant at 2 o'clock in the morning because there was two major Bundesliga clubs uh, came in for him, so somewhere along the line, it's just a really strange situation. You know, the the club earmarked him. He came, did well initially, and then for whatever reasons, just being dropped. And and you know, neither Di Canio um, or or Kevin Ball have sort of seemed fit the to give him you know the the run he needs.
1: Yeah, it was it was certainly a, a case Gareth wasn't it, that, that Di Canio fell out with him or didn't fancy him or whatever, whichever way you want to interpret that. With Kevin Ball, is there a case that? He just wanted to bring the old guard, the tried and tested players, back in. Do you think it could just be down to that? Because he's certainly done that, hasn't he, with the inclusion of Gardner? Well, I heard something today about Saluska being yeah. injured, which we didn't know about last week. But Gardner, <clears> right back, Quailars came back in. Larson, people that you know have played, you know, to try and help this team gel, kind of thing. You spoke a lot about bringing Quayles in before. Do you think there's a case of that with Cabral, the Cabral omission in Kevin Ball?
3: Yeah, I think is at the moment it's with Ball. It's better the devil you know, isn't it? Um, Unfortunately, as a supporter, you kind of just got to like go, oh, fair enough in some respects, but it's got to, you know, there's some stuff like, you know, I think Johnson probably could have made way for Mavrias maybe midway through that second half. I mean, Johnson's played every minute of every game this season and he, he's looking tired. Um, didn't really have the options on the bench, did we, to, to change it? Like, he had Bar on there for, as he sent midfielder, no Cabral, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, and you're right about Quil. I have mentioned bringing him in, and that, but that was mainly to just to count, count, just yeah. to counterbalance. If you, I, it was an option to bring in alongside to settle in the newer, the newer ones, one yeah. or two, but I wouldn't have brought him back in with O'Shea and with the old guard in central midfield and at right back and at left back because you know that. I think you saw you know Qu- um weaknesses at the weekend. he did some good stuff, some good tackles and stuff, but. That second goal, it, I mean, I know sometimes you get bogged down, don't you, with the don't show him his left side because he's left-footed, but you've got to defend the goal. I mean, you can't just show him goal-side and mm-hmm. open up the open up that space, and he and you, you just basically invited him to either score or lay it on for uh, Suarez, and mm-hmm. it was a bit disappointing, that was, because I thought in the first half, actually, we... Uh, I, th- I thought we actually were the better side in, in the play in the first half, but just couldn't quite... Create that opportunity.
4: We
1: had more possession. I was saying. I was reading the Roker report, tactical preview, and I think it was Carl Jones who done it. Um, and he he mentioned we had more possession in the first half. But also, uh, it was interesting. He pointed out that, and um, we talk about you know he's brought Queiró in. It maybe wasn't the correct decision in terms of pace because Liverpool have got a pacey front line. But what he did not, what he did say there was when Suarez got the ball, collectively as a side they tried to smother him out. Now, Tom under Decanio little subtle things like that, that he didn't seem to be doing did he at all he seemed to be you know this is the way I'm going to play worry about my side and that's it so it's good the balls introduced and I mean it's old school you know it's common sense in a way but it's it's good that he's he's trying to adapt
0: yeah i mean it, it, from a tactical point of view it's interesting because the was, was sort of hell bent on playing i mean he once actually said he played 424 yeah, but he's also repeatedly yeah <laughs> but then he's you know if he hasn't played that he's played 442 and that there aren't many teams play that system for whatever reason. I'm not saying you've got to follow the herd, but um, Kevin Ball, I think, got you know, brought in what some sort of purists might call a, a more um, modern formation. Um, again, I think you've got to have the players to to play it. You know, whichever you, whether you play four four two, four two four, or you know, four four one one, or there's there's so many different systems now. Uh, another little bugbear of mine at the moment. I think it's about time that um, we try to play the wingers on the natural side of the field I know Adam Johnson can play on either side and I know De Canio when he was at Swindon and obviously when he was at Sunderland went for this introverted winger system where basically the left footer plays on the right and vice versa but I think particularly to help people like Mavrias who is a right sided Mm. player and all the video clips you see of him doing well for Panathinaikos etc have him playing down the right flank and I think it's maybe time that to try and change that a little bit at least during the course of a match where things aren't going well for you?
2: It is the system ball's tended to use within the 21s over the last year or so with, with two inverted wingers one central striker and a midfield three so obviously he's tried mm-hmm. to incorporate that with the first team mm-hmm. um, it's given them so, some solidity I mean just going back to the point you, you made Steve about the uh, about the Cano and ganging up on Suarez I mean it was noticeable I thought in the Arsenal game when Ozil got the ball there was someone different on him every game there was no there was no set pattern of yeah. how to contain or mm-hmm. which you thought would have been blindingly obvious. That's what
1: I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So De Canio paid, Gareth, to need to just make it all about him. We spoke about this before, and you have got to give ball credit for it. But like I say, it is, it is kind of, you know, you could imagine old school managers all sort of going into the game thinking like that, couldn't you? Like take out the idea in your And uh, another thing Carl mentioned on, on the Rock Report tactics was the most completed passes from the Sun the squad were going to our key players. It's, Jacarini. It's, it's for example. Yeah, it's Key. funny actually the one.
3: It's sorry about that. Yeah, you it's funny that you you mention about this old school manager thing because I spoke to somebody privately, I won't mention who they are, but they um they talked about De Canio and were comparing him to, to managers um you know, Martin Allen, um Kevin Blackwell, old school managers. He was saying this he that Decanio's approach was an old school approach. Yeah. Um but so well, it t- was with all the discipline and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it? very much yeah. so. Uh, so it's interesting um, that he's seen as a modern manager, but maybe mm-hmm. inside the game people don't mm-hmm. look at him that way. And mm-hmm. maybe, you know, we're looking at. But yeah, everybody at me, looks at him in different ways, to be honest, yeah, I think you can't it, quite, Well, you'd have to ask <laughs> well, quite, him. He looks, he him, looks at you? himself in the mirror quite often, <laughs> I think. I think he said that. But it's interesting that ball kind of gets slapped with this old school approach um, when you look at the two games he's managed um, this season. And the first team level, they've been quite progressive, different formations um, to build to contain the opposition, but be threatening as well. And he's moved Jack Marini off the front, um, stuff like that. So maybe we're, we're looking at Ball and looking how he was as a player, and assuming that he's this old school, mm-hmm. like you I'll know, like, aggressive. And he maybe he's got a he, bit more he's about not.
2: him No, when you when you speak to Kevin, there's a there's a lot underneath there underneath this persona because I yeah. think it's, it's inescapable that you, you see, just see still ball the player don't you with mm-hmm. this Midfield hard man, hard man, but there's there's a lot more to him than that. I think.
0: Yeah, no, I actually think his system is is like the what I was saying. It's, it, it is actually the modern system yeah. it was probably yeah, to who've gone back to four, which is probably a bit of a fantasy, you know, formation because there's very, you know, few teams play without no out wingers and you don't have a player. So we don't have a player.
1: No. So it's as simple as that. Mm. Mm. And you know, everybody who listens to this podcast knows how well I feel about <laughs> that.
2: Well, <but> partic- <laughs> particularly, particularly, <laughs> if you're going to play four four two or 4-2-4 four, your two central midfielders have so got to be exceptional exactly, to cover, to cover yeah. the ground. Yeah, exactly. I, think, I
0: think what Gareth said about management methods as well. You just you know whether you're working in business, academia, or, or sport, you can't rule by fee these days. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. And I know it's cliche, but you know the, the players in many cases are as powerful or more powerful than the manager. Unless you you know probably Alex Ferguson's one of the last ones where that case didn't. The really. key
1: component of that is if yeah. you win your games. I suppose you can do. You can is rule it, a club how you want,
3: but it, it seems strange to me that you would at the level we are now in the Premier League and the quality of the players that are there it seems strange to me that you would come in and decide to get the best out of them you'd have to try and rule with fear and knock them down Mm. and stuff like that Um, because surely you'd work with them to get the best out of them because if you you can get you know average some really good players like average at some Mm -hmm. clubs and they look brilliant at others and surely that's to do with how they're being implemented yeah. in, in man management I mean
0: we we all hear bits and pieces and you know some of it's gossip and some of it's true but sometimes you hear things so frequently um, that they, you know you almost think they've got to be true and you know allegedly there's been players in bits after games this season because he's been so harsh on them as soon as the game's finished I think sometimes he just lets his emotions you know De Canio's letting his emotions come out straight away instead of just taking a step back and Maybe you know saying what he wanted to say on the train on the next day or on Monday.
2: Well, you saw he saw that in, with G at Crystal Palace where he, he at, at the start of the second half and he walked up the touchline on his Todd yeah. with, with his tracksuit on and just sat in the dugout on his own yeah. after He's after the broken getting... man, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. he did.
1: Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I've been saying before, and I, th- I think it became an obs- you know having control and The power thing became an obsession with no. Paolo and I think he took his eye off the ball on, yeah. on the field. But
3: it's, uh, you, sorry, it's interesting because you know that against Arsenal he did that whole. If you want to send me off, send me off. Mm. A week later, he's saying to the players, "Do you want to get me sacked? Go and get me yeah. sacked." Yeah, both have sent off. Both
4: on the off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At
0: least his touchline ban probably lasted a bit longer than his Sunderland yeah. career. I think his <laughs> intentions were probably, you know, genuine, and he's, you know, he was working hard and, you know, long hours, etc. But just, you know, ruled by fee, just doesn't work.
1: Mm. One thing he was criticised for on the field, Tom, was. Conceded a, a few goals, and we didn't have players on the back post. Larson mm. was on the back post on Saturday, but we still conceded a goal. I know you like the use of the term <laughs> I use, the use of the word rank, but our, our mark in this season has been awful, hasn't it? And it's it's relegation form.
0: It 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 has. It's been really poor. Um, you know, some of the goals were conceded against Arsenal, and Liverpool. You know, there was some quality goals in there, like Liverpool's third goal. Arsenal's first goal, but like a lot of it's just been, you know, we've, we've been defeating ourselves in many ways. And I can't make my mind up about Kieran Westwood in goal. Um, the, the one thing that you would have to say in his defence is that um, he's got a different back four in front of him nearly every game, you know, and there's just, you know, we keep going on about this communication, whether it's the language, you know, the, the, the language um, element or whether it's just the fact that there's, diff- you know, being different players Particularly in the, the centre back positions in almost every game, it's just as a team we've chopped and changed far too much, and I hope whoever comes in um, gets a team in mind and, and sticks with it for a while.
1: And it's going to have to start from the back, Chris, isn't it? The, whoever comes in is going to have to start from the back, tighten that up first, because at least for once we do look like we have the offensive players now. It's kind of a, yeah, it's yeah. kind of turned around from what we're used to, but. Whoever it comes in just needs to tighten things up first and foremost.
2: Well, if you're considering three goals per game over four games, I mean you're in real trouble. I mean I know Sturridge has put the ball in the net with his arm for the opening goal, but there's no one marking him. John O'Shea was left to mark two players because Altidore had switched off, and then Larson's standing with his arm against the post. He's not he's not on his toes, is he, mm. to clear it? Um, it, that's that's the big concern for me and it's been time yeah. and again I think I mean the, 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 the opening goal at Palace, I mean it was yeah. it was yeah. a horror show. Yeah. There's only
1: Sunderland concede goals the, out there.
3: Yeah. The, the the opening goal at Palace and uh one at the first one of the weekend weren't too dissimilar. No,
2: um, yeah yeah,
0: Westwood's route through his line he's got He's gotta come crumb. and clear out yeah. and they get so much protection that you know, nine times out they tell you he'll get the decision.
2: I think i think he just needs the, the confidence. I was gonna say is the, the, the Premier League clean sheet. I think he showed it when he when he was in his first season here when he had that ten game spell. I think he he, he looked all right then. Yeah. He looked solid, and he proved he proved on on Sunday that he he can. He's a good shot stopper. I just think he needs yeah. that confidence. He's under yeah. pressure, isn't he? To, yeah. to obviously, M- he, he,
3: he was level pegging with Minyola before that yeah. season, where Minyola was excellent, and then yep. now it's like right. You've got to mm. prove your worth, and I think with the, like you said, Tom, with the defence, chopman yeah. changed every week in front of him.
0: It was interesting watching there uh, Fraser Foster for Sellick last night when you look at his physique compared to Westwood. It's like on a different planet you know I mean most of the top goalkeepers now, now are 6 foot 4 6 <clears> foot 5 you know you've had odd exceptions over the last few years like Shea Given and what have you but generally they're all big strapping guys and I, I don't know whether Westwood's lack like of physical presence counts against him or not I, I, I'd be honest with him at the, at the moment I think uh, you get, you're doing him a bit of a disservice to like blame him for most of our troubles because oh, yeah, as some yeah, people yeah. It, it, you know are doing rightly or wrongly I think he's you know the team has bigger s- problems than Kieran yeah, Westwood isn't absolutely, yeah. and
1: like we've just said, you know, whoever comes in for the job needs to sort this out fast. And in that respect, Chris is, it is this just taking a little bit longer than we would like because the players need some clarity as well as the fans. And you know, we need we need to halt this losing run. And the sooner somebody, everybody knows who the manager's going to be, the better. Is it between Ball and Poyet
2: now? Do you think? I tend to suspect so, um, but the fact that they're still not appointed Poyet now when he's under no contract with the club he he clearly wants the job um, tends to make you think well is it going to be him after all I, d- I, don't, think, I don't think Sunderland have, have done badly I think they've taken their time and rightly so I mean yeah. do you want to throw a new manager in against Liverpool or Man United um, when there's an international break coming up after those two games I think it was sensible to take their time I think you'd be more worried if they haven't appointed anyone by the end of the international break yeah. that would be the real concern but at the moment I think the their right to take their due diligence, particularly after what happened last time.
0: Can mm-hmm. I ask you, Chris, what what this this sort of rumour going around that the players have suggested? Does, it's from, a what I'm tol-
2: from what I'm told, there's no, been no input from the players. Yeah. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I think they've,
0: had, they've had too much recently, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, did,
3: I think they did the right thing with the canyon getting rid of him, but I think then they should, yeah. like because yeah, that was an yeah, exceptional yeah. so Well, well exactly.
1: And, and, and what I was going to say, what I was going to ask people, what they thought about. Because when De first came and he and he you know exposed some of the players' bad habits and everything, everybody was all for it. So mm-hmm. what we don't want is the players now to get too much power and swing back the other way. Because if there's one thing we can take from De the one bit of legacy he can leave, mm-hmm. is that the players are now used to being disciplined. Mm-hmm. So you would hope somebody can carry that on, wouldn't you?
2: You got you got to find a happy medium, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, De was one extreme, uh, and there were obviously lapses under Martin O'Neill, which were the other extreme. So you've got to find someone who who. Yeah. Can have can have discipline, but it's firm but fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
0: I think, I think um, you know D- Duccani was there allegedly twenty four seven, and he was like ruling by fear. And then you, you know we hear more and more about Martin O'Neill was maybe not there yeah, as much yeah. as you know somebody who was allegedly on two to three million pounds a year should have been, and he was delegating to coach and stuff to do a lot of the stuff. I, I think the one thing with Kevin Boyle you'll get is is you know the firm but fair. You know he'll, he'll, he'll have a laugh with him. In fact, he's already said it. He'll have a laugh with him, but conversely, you, you probably won't get any more anyone else who, who'll demand that they be as professional as they can. So, I think that's where you might that, that type of situation it's, where you'll f- find you find your happy medium.
1: I found it interesting that the players are referring to Kevin Ball as Bally, um, mm-hmm. you know, quite affectionate as if he is their sort of, as if he is their pal. They mm-hmm. probably don't know the other side of him yet ah. um, because he can, be, he can be nasty. Chris and I. Done a youth game. I think it's okay to say this now, Chris. It was a while ago. Yeah. We done a youth game a few months ago. I, I was with Chris and we were waiting to interview. Kevin Ball and he he was really really mad at one of the kids and he threw them out of the changing room. And in contrast to Canio, when he came out, he was he was a bit alarmed that the media was sitting there and he kind of mm-hmm. said he didn't want he made want to make sure that that didn't happen again because we shouldn't be seeing that kind of thing. So that. Yeah. That's an opposite to the way the canyon would have looked at it, but it's also a reminder. It's a reminder to us that you know he can he can be tough when he needs to be. He was on the field. He's going to be in management as well, isn't he?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, Ball, he's like an old school pro as well. He came up, you know, came up the hard way, and to give him his due, he you know he ended up actually playing well above a level many people expected. He had some fantastic games as a, as a central midfielder when, in effect, he was a centre half. Um, and I think he's you know he's he's come from the school. Of, where they had to earn the money, you know. I think he probably look at a lot of young pros now, where basically they sign the first contract, and they're a millionaire. Um, and I think that uh, you know he'll he'll be making sure he gets value for money out of the players, but maybe he doesn't have to go at the extremes of De can- It's, it's interesting,
2: though. I mean, when when you look at when you go around the academy, anyone who's played under Borley or, or is in his team, they'll always keep the door open for you. Yeah. They're always very polite when you speak to them. I mean, you speak to Jack and Jordan Henderson they two of the most grounded footballers you could ever wish to meet. So yeah. he, he doesn't doesn't suffer fools. I don't think that's fair yeah.
0: to say. I must admit, when I, you know when I did the magazine, he was one of the, the the main contacts, and he was always absolutely spot on. He was always there, you know, bang on time. Where other people, you know, as you probably well know, Chris sometimes will just keep you waiting an hour yeah. and a half or something yeah. and think nothing of it. And he he is a really genuine bloke. You know, away from football, he's just a, he's just a, a good lad. Um, and it it would be nice, you know, if. Whoever comes in, if, if it's you know if he doesn't get the job that he's involved, maybe at first team level somewhere along the line. Even I'm not saying he necessarily has to be an assistant manager, but just in a coaching capacity to get him to get him in the dressing room That's on a match day, I think would be make a yeah. big difference.
1: That's something we've campaigned on, here, Gareth, isn't it? Yeah. like you, you've mentioned before, it can't be forced on the new manager. I mean, the new manager could be Kevin Ball yet, but if, I think we're all under agreement that he, he needs to be around the first team because whatever you think about him. You know like tom's just mentioned the positives and that there in my opinion his management credentials aren't quite there yet
3: no they're not um <clears throat> but like it's how do you just talk about last week and how do you get get him on that pathway and if he wants to be manager of sunderland he might have to leave sunderland before he comes yeah. back um you know, I think it's wrong to dismiss him as well from from an emotional perspective. as the same mm. way it would be wrong to point him from an emotional perspective. Yeah. So people are about, oh, I don't want to point him because if he gets sacked, mm. that bond will be tarnished. But yeah. I don't think that'll ever be the case with Kevin. I mean, yeah. Kevin Ball, you're saying, you know, he was our best player in that Premier League season '96, '97, yeah. um, in that central midfield role, like you say, Tom. Um, and you know, he probably a day before the, the press officer was king or whatever. Um, you know he ran. He ran the show. You know he like look when Michael Gray. When he had him under his wing, and mm-hmm. you know there's no probably no surprise that once Ball left, that mm-hmm. you know Michael Gray probably took a slight downturn off the pitch. You know he knew the taxi driver knew which taxi to put him in, and mm-hmm. the taxi driver put him to bed. So in, in in the days where he could have a few drinks after the game. So you know Kevin Kevin Ball. Like you know I think he's he's the ideal person you want around that first team dressing room because. Mm-hmm. You know he he's he's played through that transition you know from that when Premier League got bigger and yeah. bigger, and he's been at some he knows something at the back of his hand and you know I think he's like a good link between you know that professionalism, the club and you know how we've seen things develop over the years and I'd be sad to see him leave to to manage another side say, but if he wants to be a manager. Then he's going to Well, might have I mean, to go and half, half
1: the battle is you want your players to run through the proverbial brick wall for you. And Kevin Ball certainly. They said sent they do you do do that for O'Neill. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that very much. <laughs> you, but you do sense the players will do that for Kevin Ball, Tom. But also, as I've just said, that's only half the battle. The other half is the tactical side of thing And the players. In, this mod- in the modern era players need some tactical direction as well you, do, you, do, you can't just yeah. when you have a squad of players like Sunderland have maybe you, do, you can't just go out and express yeah. yourselves in the Premier League and hope that everything's going to be alright almost make it improvised on the day
0: Yeah I think it's a really delicate situation because you know, people are, are getting increasingly frustrated um, at the moment anyway you know we're like 1 point out of 18 and potentially 1 point out of 21 although hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get something I think with um, you know with Borley he, he will give you everything you've got to you know there's, there's all sorts of different criteria to take into consideration you know um, you know we will place sign for him um, will people sort of I think the thing is at the moment coming in if you gave him the job for argument's sake tomorrow the last thing any Sunderland supporter wants to do is, is, is start to criticise him you know and that's why I think it would be better maybe a bit of experience and him alongside him or uh, involved involve somewhere along the line or could do it the other way around Give Borley the job and
1: make,
2: sure, make sure he's got experience two. number two. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just
1: think I mean I was I was talking to Chris before we turned the mics on and I'm just when it, if it's going to become between Poyet and Ball, I just feel it's important because of our sensitive league position. We need a manager whose career career path is sort of on upwards trajectory. Yeah. Now I know. Poyer was dismissed from Brighton, but I still think his career path is on upwards. Otherwise, he would have been getting linked to League One sides, lower league, Championship sides. The fact he's getting linked to Premier League sides, sure that. And for me, I, I know Chris O'Graham, one of the Echo lads, mentioned that Kevin Balls referenced Brendan Rodgers when he was doing his coaching badges, and he'd done them at the same time and stuff. But mm. it's an interesting comparison because Brendan Rodgers has a very good job now, obviously, but he had unremarkable spells at Reading and at Watford. Mm. And he's went and he's tried his trial and error at places like that and that's part of his makeup now. He will have learned by their mistakes. Chris, are we in a position where we can allow Kevin Bottle to come in and, you know, go through the trial and error process?
2: Well one thing I would say about Poet is how much is he an attractive candidate because he played for Chelsea and Spurs? and he was a Premier League this, high yeah, quality yeah, Premier League and we player mentioned,
1: we mentioned that yeah. I mean
2: I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I went down to Brighton a couple of years back when they lo- knocked Sunderland out of the League Cup and they were very impressive and they have produced some impressive performances but uh, are his credentials any better than say a Sean Dyche at Burnley who's taken them to the top of the Championship probably not but then Poirier's a sexier yeah. candidate
0: isn't mm-hmm. he I think Poirier like brought them up didn't he from the, like from the old, league one from the yeah. old third division mm-hmm. but he, that, um, you bet he had a lot yeah. of money to spend he 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 did. Um, it i a. I'm not saying I. You know, I, I definitely one point I think he has got th- things going for him. But I think um, he's got this certain type of f- football. I've actually got a the a, a re- a relative who uh, supports Brighton, and it's basically Swansea times ten. You know, so you're gonna have to have like a lot of patience to to watch the type of football that they play. But conversely, it was effective. It got them out of the the old third division and nearly into the Premiership. Um, and he. He he did buy he bought a handful of players a little bit like Laudrup's done at Swansea that you wouldn't expect to to come to a club of you know with all due respect of that standing you know and, and he did he did well buy them but it's there's just so many different arguments with with so many different managers at the moment. Oh, that, I,
2: I did a piece in the Echo today just saying everyone knows who they don't want but no one knows who they do want. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Spot on. I think um it's interesting
3: about Poirier as well is <clears throat> he plays that sort of nice football the way it should be played or whatever rubbish that's <laughs> inverted yeah yeah whatever Gareth yeah, yeah, stuck means. his fingers up in the air yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. not like that <laughs> not like Roy, uh, Roy Keane, Joe Keane was doing at the Everton match like, did you see that yeah. subliminal <laughs> messages yeah um, but yeah uh, the interesting thing about uh, Poy is, is that and, and Craig commented on it was um, last week when he was on about the, that w- he plays that he plays one way, and this is what we're going to do. And if you don't like it, you know, sod you. Basically, Brighton had a very bad record when they went behind in games. They didn't change it. Tried to keep playing four-three-three yeah, um,
2: religiously, isn't it?
3: And um, yeah, in the uh, try and build from the back, build from the back, and wait, wait for that, wait for the the, mm-hmm. the incisive pass. Obviously, when someone's going to go up, you're just going to sit, aren't you? And let you can play in front. Yeah. And it, at Brighton, obviously, you wouldn't be. as exposed to that because I guess he, he probably was going to be in the lead in more games than he wasn't because of one of the better sides in the league. Hmm. If you come to Sunderland and play in the Premier League the
4: Selling a little or a lot
0: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.
3: Likelihood is with the players we've got, we're going to go behind, and the players, the teams that we're playing I are a sit lot back. better. Yeah. So. They're going to be a lot better at containing a one 0 lead against a team that aren't go- aren't going to want to go and change it to try and mm. break them down, and that would be my worry because we are going to go- going to go behind.
1: You're messing yeah. with my head here now because yeah. I was kind of talking myself into play, you and now you're giving me doubts. Yeah. Help, I, help somebody help. What's
0: happening? I, I think I think whoever Sunderland bring in now, they've got to, within reason. They've, it's got to be somebody who wants to be here for for yeah. a, for a while because we're just sick of chopping and changing. And I I know that the one gripe that the majority of Brighton fans had with him, is that he was basically sort of like, for want of a better expression, prostituting himself to the Premier League to 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 manage uh, the likes of Chelsea um, yeah. and and Tottenham, and they they were like a bit irritated. You know they were going doing well as a club. They'd gone into the new ground yeah. and everything was hunky dory. But every now and again, he would basically suggest that he would go to pastures anew if you know the chance came up. Um, I think you've just got to assume that most ambitious managers may want to do that, but you just as a, as a fan, or mm. you just don't want to hear that. So and, I and
1: also, it's it's relating to the Decanion thing again, isn't it? Because stuff that goes on again with the greatest of respects to Swindon and Brighton, kind of you know, quotes and comments go under the carpet a little, get swept under the carpet a little bit. When you're in the Premier League and when you're in the North East, Chris, it's a different ball game altogether. It, isn't it, it, it? is, yeah,
2: very much so. Um, and I think probably Decanion never realised that um, with what he was saying. The other thing I'd say about Poet's style is, will his style fit? With the crowd up here, because Sunderland fans are used to this high-octane style, mm. pressing style, two wingers getting crosses in the box, putting the tackle in, getting yeah, the, putting yeah. the tackle in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we, we've gr- we've grown up on that on that Peter Reed approach, haven't we? Mm. Well, yeah. most most of us have Tom Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah. W- yeah. will the, will the crowd have the have the patience for the yeah. ticky tacker?
0: I mean, say that, but like you know, Reidy's Re- team, you know, really was sort of, I've seen days when you you look back at it and that. I think when we were, we were having a sort of chat between ourselves earlier on, and, you know, the certain players from that era have never never really been replaced, you know, we haven't had a left back as good as Mitty Gray, we haven't had a combination down the right side as good as Makin and Somerby. we haven't had a central midfielder as dominant and cocky and and confident as, as Don Hutchison was for us, you know, mm-hmm. it was great when he used to play the so-called big clubs when he had people like Don Hutchison playing because he, he just had no respect for them and it was, I think... All over the pitch. You obviously, Quinn and Phillips up front. With you know, we've had Darren Bend, who was pro- nearly as prolific as Phillips. But just th- that—that's ten years ago. And we, you know, certain situations within the team haven't been improved upon. Yep.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of size <laughs> going to be.
0: yeah, There's a lot of size going to be. Bring them on. back. Bring yeah, them all we're back. we going um,
1: <laughs> We will on that note leave it. And we're going to talk to. We're going to get a Man United perspective on the phone. We're going to talk to Mark Lomas who's a journalist for ESPN. So we're going to give Mark a ring and come back part two. I have Mark on the line now and Mark I'm going to start with making a point we had your colleague Dom Rayner on um, in, in this fixture last year and we, we just got chatting about who we expected to replace Sir Alex Ferguson now at that time Sir Alex hadn't indicated that he was going to leave and Dom was making the point how he would love Mourinho but it was typical that Mourinho was going to be available that summer when it was going to be irrelevant as it turns out it wasn't irrelevant so that's who Dom wanted what were your initial thoughts when David Moyes was given the job?
5: God, Dom failed massively in his Nostradamus efforts there didn't he? <laughs> um, to be honest I, I originally thought Mourinho as well I mean just it's the guaranteed success that he brings more than anything but how however when Moyes was actually announced I did quickly come round to the idea mainly because you know Sir Alex Ferguson clearly had a major role in his appointment and um, obviously not just the Scottish brethren angle um, I think he genuinely thinks that he could be the next you know not Sir Alex Ferguson but the next
4: mm-hmm. long-term
5: Manchester United manager and that's Mourinho hops around from jobs, he's never there longer yeah. than three or four years, I think he gets bored easily, mm-hmm. Moyes likes a project, he likes something long term, he likes to embed himself in the club and I've spoken to I've got a lot of friends who are Everton fans as well, we speak highly of him and yeah, you know, I, after thinking about it for a little while, I did uh, come round to the idea of David Moyes, although I'm starting to go back on it a little bit now. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going
1: to say, how are you now, you're not panicking yet?
5: No, I'm not. The panic, panic! Station hasn't set in just yet. Um, however, I did find myself saying the words the other day that I'd be happy with a Capital One Cup victory in fifth place in the league as a first Oof. season, which I uh, didn't think I'd be saying uh, a few weeks ago.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, there's a little bit of a worry, isn't there? I mean, that, uh, more than anything, it's the standard of the football uh, hasn't been good enough. There uh, hasn't been enough heart uh, against West Brom. It was just when we went two-one down, the United of Sir Alex Ferguson would have been fighting tooth and nail to get that goal in the last few minutes and it just it it wasn't there in the same way Um, didn't feel like the ball was going to be drawn into the net Um, so yeah I don't know I I still think that Moyes deserves time he deserves a season of course and perhaps more than that really you know this is Sir Alex Ferguson's team he hasn't been able to put his own stamp on it yet Um, give the man time and I think that's honestly I think that's the feeling among most people at Old Trafford as well
3: Yeah I just think um, maybe it's it's not always as good as it, it. This is what it's like for every other football club. So you know, <laughs> you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take it for like two or three years, and then you'll probably win everything again. That's. I think Ferguson sort of jumped ship at the right time, and I don't. I think I wouldn't say he's left a mess. That, that I don't think that's the case. I mm. think he's left I an, average, he's an, aging an aging average squad, an been, average yeah. sort of. I think you seen that, that, that t- I think
1: you that side was going to take a, a good 3 years, 2 or 3 years to put together, you know, to build up from the bottom again. I think he he thought it was a good time to get out, but you know, in contrast Tom, these problems seem mine to what we've got because I've seen a lot of people on Twitter this week sort of saying that a, it's a brilliant time to play Man United, it's a brilliant time to play. <laughs> it isn't been a brilliant time to play anybody for us this season. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we, we shouldn't put ourselves down in front of the fans of other clubs, but unfortunately, and you know that Sunderland are in this like law of averages situation. You know, like if, if there's some striker hasn't scored for three years, he'll score against Sunderland and um, you know West Brom hadn't won all season, and the, the beat was three nil, and so it goes on. And you know, no doubt, hey, Man, West, Man West United, a strong force. Sorry, <laughs>
1: West, West Brom are dead. strong forces. Yeah, yeah, they are.
0: They're not a bad, they're Actually, in all seasons, they're not a bad side. They're better than us at the moment. But, uh, uh, no, well, I'm, sure I'm sure. I'm sure uh, we'd like to have Man United's problems. If that's uh, if this this little scenario that you're in at the moment is classed as a, a problem, you know, still well, still in the Champions League and all the cups and
1: Mark, and, what would you say the transition's been like then? But what what has David Moyes changed much? Because I'm sure the idea was that you just said there wouldn't be drastic changes. He would just try and. You know, continuity. We try and follow things on. Um, has he has he done that maybe too much? With, uh, is he, with um, the absence of bringing yeah. in a real, you know, attacker, midfielder, or, or somebody like that.
5: I think he clearly hasn't brought in the players that he, he, he's wanted to bring in. I, I, to be honest, I don't think he had enough of an idea. He hadn't been with the players long enough to make a decision about how drastic the change needs to be. And um, he always maintained that the squad was good enough. But then we heard him saying this week that they need five or six world class players in order to. Uh, qualify for the, in, in order to win the Champions League so
4: mm-hmm.
5: I don't know I think he knows that changes need to be made, the transition hasn't been that smooth, also you have to remember that all the coaches behind the scenes have completely changed as well, he's brought his own team um, Steve Round, Chris Woods everyone. they they have a slightly different vision about how they do things in training and I think actually almost as big a loss as Stratford has been Rene Moulinstein because he really drove our style of football over the last two seasons um, and yeah I mean that's been lacking a bit. I mean, the one time he, he did make, Fellaini. I, I think the jury's still out, to be honest. Um,
4: mm-hmm. He had an
5: absolute nightmare against Shottar Donetsk. Just a dreadful, dreadful game. Uh, passes all over the place, and to me, it looks like he's running in glue sometimes.
2: Are, are you quite surprised I'd... by that, Mark? Because I, I mean, every time I've seen him against over the last few years against Sunderland, he's been he's looked amazing. He, he's just completely run the run the show. Is, is is he maybe a bit overawed by the size of his move, or what?
5: Well, I think that must. I think I think that must be it. I just, he just doesn't seem to bed it in yet. I think he feels a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure with the price tag as well. Um, you know, there is no denying he's an excellent footballer. He completely he completely owned um, Michael Carrick and the Manu Vidic. Uh, he has done quite a few times over the last few seasons. Um, he's played for some fantastic games against United, but uh, he's he's just not there yet. Maybe it's a pace thing. It's a different. It's a different. It's just a different pace, I think, of the players he's working with. That's been that's been difficult for him, I think, so
1: far. If there's, a, if there's one game he's going to come, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you can so guarantee he's going to come. It's about time uh, he scored a goal, actually. I mean, that,
5: that would yeah, be quite well, a good time.
1: Yeah, I'll
3: I tell you why he's going to score. And <sighs> Dye bust him last season for mm. didn't he? Marked him out the game.
0: Can I Can I yeah. just ask you about you? You've, you've just, you know, we we all twigged as soon as you mentioned the name uh, Millerstein. Excuse the pronunciation. Um, you said he's been a big loss to Man United. Can, can you tell us what his qualities are and would we be advised to consider him as a potential Sunderland manager?
5: I, I think he would be. I, I mean, I'd, I, we're talking about a man who's he's very modern coach in his methods. He, he loves attacking football. It, as I said, I mean, if you watch the way Manchester United have played, he, he, he and Sir Alex Ferguson are one and the same, really, in terms of the way they, they want teams to play good. Attacking football, that, that, that's the biggest thing for me. And, um, you know, he hasn't. He hasn't really covered himself in glory I think he he was with Angie for not very long and I think is when he has been in the manager the position I think he was a Bromby as well oh, yeah. yeah the, in, the animal fantastic.
1: the animal <laughs> situation the references <laughs> players <laughs> to animals yeah. That, yeah that's what well, he's, that's, well there. Oh, yeah. So it's,
5: it's a big step it's a big step up obviously to be a full-time manager but I think in terms of what he brings um as a coach and his ideas mm. and his footballing philosophy I think he'd be mm-hmm. yeah he'd be Good addition. So, family. I was quite surprised he didn't go, get the Wigan job. Actually, I
4: thought that would be quite a good little
0: step in for him. But yeah, what, what, what's he like on the on the ego front? Because we've just you know we've just got rid of <laughs> someone who's <laughs> had a rather large ego, and we, we're also linked with someone uh, allegedly who's got a, a com, you know comparative ego. So, is, well, he, is he okay yeah, on I that mean, score?
5: This is a guy who's uh, mates with Jim White from Sky Sports, so I think that sort of tells you the level of
1: potential
5: <laughs> ego that you're yeah. dealing with
1: there. So. I think I just got put off. His coaching credentials are all there, but that story with animals—you you can't ignore yeah. that—and you worry about him on the front line as such. You know, that's, to leave him on the training ground, but jumping out and in yeah, people's know, faces and things but, like uh, that. But Mark, mm. can you give us something then? What's been going wrong for Manchester United? Because we we need something a clutch out of here. We need something a clutch out for Saturday's game. Where where? Where could you see it going wrong for you and possibly right for us?
5: Well I think I think defensively we've looked pretty weak in the last few weeks. Um Fidic had a good game actually against Shakhtar, but then he came up with an error as well, which led to their equaliser. Um, I think yeah, I think I mean I think defensively that's that's the main area you've got to look to target and we haven't really been scoring enough goals either. Van Persie, you know, he looked fantastic, two goals against Swans in the opening of the other season and it's just all dried up a little bit. Um since then, midfield is all over the show really, I think no one when it's Fellaini, Carrick and Cleverly, that to me on paper should be our first choice midfield but when they play together it just hasn't quite worked uh, as I said Fellaini's tracking back particularly uh, leaves a lot to be desired and um, so really struggles to catch up with players it seems to me when he's been chasing back um, but yeah, I, to be honest I think there are there's weaknesses all over the park at the moment um, and you know, I think it is a good time to he said it before, but I do think it's time to play United, and you know Kevin Ball. I think he got a 0 nil draw at Old Trafford last time he was yeah, he did. Sunderland he caretaker really manager, that, so yeah. he's, he's got good form there. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Sunderland went down after it, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. It. Um, yeah, just when I've seen Man
3: United, I just think they lack that 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 final thrust, maybe on like that final transitional pass that's that so dangerous it just seems like like it's just a bit lackadaisical
5: know, It's funny you should say that because we've actually got a player who's warming the bench at the moment He's very good at threading that final ball in uh, Shinji Kagawa so.
1: mm, That's a strange yeah, one I think everybody's he, mystified by the, the his lack of involvement in the side um, Chris, getting back to Sunderland do you think Kevin Ball's going to play a three-man midfield again, isn't he? Against Manchester, you, you can't you can't see you know you can't see any reason why he would change that. Do you think personnel will be the same, or do you think he might tweak things? Or if you're not sure, what what would you what would you do in the situation?
2: He he might change things at the back. You know, he might bring Soluska back in and perhaps is move fit into, again now? he is. Yeah, he was only injured for the uh, League Cup game. Right, okay, uh, he was fit enough to be on the bench last weekend. It was only it was only a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so he may be Moose in and then push Gardner further forward into midfield mm-hmm. but I know I agree I think it'll be five-man midfield again and I think I know Vidic will probably be back again um, but I think if you're Kevin Ball after seeing set the way Sessegnon ran at United's defence last weekend you would be encouraging your Altidors and your Johnson yeah. just run straight out run out. and Jacarini and Jacarini yeah mm-hmm.
1: it's, um, it's going to if we're going to assume he's going to play the three-man midfield Tom are we, we going to like Chris just said, I think you might put Gardner in there as well. I know how you feel about Larson. We're going to assume Cabral's are going to play, so it's going to be Gardner or Larson. You're going to edge, for, ed, edge ca- towards Gardner? Is Catamol
3: not playing?
1: I think Catamol and Key are playing. Yeah, it's yeah so you it.
3: can't put Catamol, Key, Gardner and Larson in. It'll be Gardner really? for Larson, surely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought you said Gardner and no, Larson. No, no, Gardner or Larson. So you can't have so 12. No, no, no. no. So, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say, so
1: I was going to ask Tom which yeah. way he was going to lean towards Gardner or Larson.
0: Well, that, that, you know, Gardner is a central midfielder, and you, you know he does seem as though he's rated by um, the various managers. I, I, I think you know Gardner is a, a, a steady pro. He probably wouldn't get in your first eleven, um, you know, if, if everybody was on form and, and all the rest of it. But he he, he comes into the team and does a job to a certain extent. And if if it was him or Larson, I'd play him. I haven't got a big thing about Larson. If if you play Larson, play him wide right, because that's you know this mm. is my argument. I think we we still go down this. Route of square pegs in round holes, far too much, you know. Mm-hmm. The fullback situation that we mentioned earlier, etc. So yeah, f- that w- that would probably be a change if Salus was fit to play him, and then put Gardner where so Larson. Should I agree with
1: that? and Gardner in. in? Would um, you go for that then? Them um, two? That's a two changes. F- for me, would it would be, be
0: a toss up
3: between Larson and Garner Gardner in the middle. I, I don't think I think they're pretty much the same player. Um, I, there's no so if g- I pushed you for one. I just can't. If I,
1: there's a better goal threat than Gardner, surely. I've I've always said because Gardner, I've, you know, I've always said he struggled. He really, really struggles in the two-man midfield. When he played for Birmingham, he scored a lot of goals. When he had the platform of a three-man midfielder, so there's a goal threat there. On the other hand, does Barini come in because Jackarini could then drop and he could play the furthest advance in three-man midfield. there's Options there now because I wouldn't is, move
3: Jackarini. I wouldn't move Jackarini so off the front. So Barini, um, starts on the bench. Um, you, controversial one here. Would you be tempted to drop? Johnson and play Barini. If, if he a lot played of the controversial, have you played the four-three-three against like he did in the system he played against Peterborough if you played that and played Johnson? If he's if he's going to play that narrow three-three-three, yeah. you could do worse and play Jack Marini and Barini off uh, off out the door. Yeah, I think.
0: Well, there's also there's also a, a, a shout for possibly playing Johnson down the left hand side because Man United's right back is basically the, the two centre backs mm-hmm. playing, yeah. playing right back at the moment. Mm. Small and Jones. <coughs> what about um, Quela? I mean, I'd drop Quela and bring Roberge in personally. Yeah. yeah, for the mobility.
1: I think he's going to try and keep changes down on a minimum, isn't he? So I the, think the, really. I think I think uh, might come in. Gardner might come in. Gareth you still didn't. Hand, I know you're saying you split. Give me an answer out of Gardner and Larson. want a know. coin.
3: I'm not I, I, really honestly. It's. <sighs> I, I tell you what. I <laughs> will tell you what. I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to say. I'll cut? stick. I'll stick with Larson. I'll really? stick with Larson ahead of Gardner. You know, I'm not really a massive Gardner fan.
1: Would you I, bring Barini and Tom? Um, I, I or would think you leave it with Johnson and Giacarini? I I, I'd
0: probably leave it with Johnson and Giacarini, but with a, a view to bringing Barini on, you know sort of after an hour or something if if things weren't going well or
1: mm-hmm. And th- th- I mean this is the difference between the sort of relegation sides we've had in the past. We haven't had a side where we can say would you bring this attack on player and this attack and this international player right. and this international and we'll have them options and it's still falling all around us. So does that give you a little bit of a glimmer of hope, Chris? I'm clutching at <laughs> straws I'm a clutching, glimmer. I'm clutching at straws here.
2: Yeah, I mean I think, I think I think something to, I think it was you said it earlier on Tom that theres there's enough yeah. play quality yeah. in those players there yeah to To avoid relegation, it's just yeah. getting them to
0: gel. Yeah, mm. it's a, it's a bit like years when we got relegated when you had people like you know in the squad like Qu- <coughs> excuse me, Quinnie and Phillips, you know, and Claudio Arena. It's just very strange. Mm.
1: Tell us, um, tell us, Mark, where you're hoping Manchester United's going to win this game on 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 Saturday? Where do you think the game's going to be won <laughs> or lost?
5: Well, um, to be honest, I think Moyes is going to be sitting down this week and just telling them that you know it's. Time they pulled their fingers out really, especially in the league. Uh, as you mentioned, we've had a couple of all right results in the cup um, against Liverpool and against Bayer Leverkusen. Even the draw last night was all right. Um, but you know, the, the defeat against West Brom was a real sort of wake-up call. They can't make mistakes. They can't let, as you said, you know, fast, pacey attackers just run at them and you know, run straight <laughs> through and score. It was there was, was a ridiculous goal to concede that one. One chop-esque, it felt like <laughs> it was. It was, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> Um, but no, I think I think the players will be geared up. Uh, I think the one thing going on again is another sort of it's a very long trip back from the Ukraine. Um, but I don't know. I think I think hopefully the players with every game that passes, getting Fellaini bedded in, I think is important because you know you're not going to have a 27 million Parment on the bench. He is going to be starting every week, and he should be starting every week for that sort of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the more games that go, the more confidence that he gets. That's going to be really important the way the team goes as I said I'm not still completely convinced on him but the fact of the matter is he is going to be here to stay so um, yeah you know I I think to be honest it's more just about getting the points on the board now Um, we can talk all we want about wanting to play attractive football but at the end of the day it's about points isn't it and we haven't got enough of them so far and uh, I didn't think I'd ever be you know, Mm -hmm. thinking we'd be going to someone needing three points to get level with Hull and uh, (laughs) jump ahead of West Brom but that's that's the way we are so I'd Absolutely, take a one 0 win.
3: Are there any areas specifically that you would like players at Sunland that that would worry you? Given that you say there's deficiencies all over, I mean personally, well, I think, I think, 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 Al- think Altador has that.
5: Altador has that sort of pace and power that can really, really trouble United's defence. And uh, <clears throat> Vidic hates coming up against those sort of players as well. And um, I don't know. I, I think I think he's really sort of underperformed this season. I think he's another one who's due a good game really. Um, and he's certainly due a big goal. He's, I think he's a great player and he's a great signing for someone Sunderland. Over the I'm not just saying that because he writes in the SPN column either.
4: Um, <laughs>
5: but <laughs> you know, he was fantastic last season, and I think he will come good for someone. It's just getting off the mark. I think in the Premier League, getting a, getting a couple of goals. Um, I think he's a, yeah. He, he's for me, he's a big player. He's a, he's a big worry to play for any defence to uh, to play against. Um, obviously, I'm not I'm not quite as concerned that John O'Shea could have, you know, Wayne Rooney or <laughs> Van Percy in his pocket, mm. having watched him for many years, uh, yeah. much so I love him.
1: <laughs> I think it just sums everything up that we we relying on um Viditch and Philly Fel- <laughs> Fel- <laughs> Fel- <laughs> need to have Bad as, as as possible or weaklings links as possible weak links in a side. Um could before i let you go, Mark, and uh, I'll get a prediction from you.
5: Um yeah, well uh, I mean it's I think it's is it the last three games in a row we've won one nil at the Stadium of White, so I guess I've got to go for a 1-0 win and right. you know what let's go for Marouane Fellaini to score the winner yeah. as well I'd have yeah, got
2: to get a few quid on him yeah. I don't
1: think anybody <laughs> was surprised by that so thanks a, thanks a lot for um, coming on Mark
2: no it's an absolute pleasure OK Cheers. right
4: I will get a prediction
1: from all you lot as well before we leave um, we are gonna we're gonna finish the last five ten minutes or so, Gareth. On Gareth's idea that we're doing this question of the week thing from now on, so I will let, oh, Gareth, this, I will let oh. Gareth. I will let Gareth. I'll let you take over now, Gareth.
3: Yeah, it was. Uh, I'll talk in a minute. Yeah, on. I was gonna say. I can't reach for paper, <laughs> which I've left too far across the other side of the room. It's not
1: good enough preparation. See,
3: Stephen didn't embrace this. I'm I'm disappointed in him. So I
1: just, I, no, it, just was, was was like, missed, it was a breakdown
3: to, yeah, of communication. Yeah. Do I have to come up with one? He didn't. Did he pass it on? He did. Did yeah. you come up with one?
4: Mm-hmm. one. Oh, well, yeah. he, no, he no. No.
3: Chris, he's got one. Oh, Lovely see. So The question of the week was basically a football duet. Take two and figures and come up with a song you'd like to sing. Um, so I'll give some examples that I had, and then I'll read the the ones from Twitter that we got, and then I'll I'll get the the best ones at the end. So mine'll be the worst. I'm telling the you. Sa- the standards <laughs> being set. with I'm not good at stuff like so, this. Yeah. So yeah, my suggestions were I've got a. Uh, Teddy Sherringham and Andy Cole, Why Can't We Be Friends? Bardsley and Kilgallen, Money, Money, Money. We should have had some sound clips of yeah. la- Canned Laughter. Canned Laughter, yeah. And that would have made it sound really? yeah. um, And I've got uh, Suarez and Young, Holy Diver from Dio. So that's a bit of a left field one. But yeah, so the ones I've got from Twitter Michael Epstein, this is quite a good one. Um, Kieran Dyer and Lee Boy is singing to each other something stupid um, Mark Triggs came up with um, a couple uh, we've got De Canio and Titus Bramble doing Perfect 10 by Beautiful South <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, he's, this I quite like this one because it, it, it disturbed me slightly I didn't sleep very well um, was Ashley Kinnear and Uh, Pardew singing a bizarre love triangle (laughs) by New (laughs) Order.
4: Um,
3: I think this is my brother who sent this one actually, so cheers. Messi and Ronaldo, anything you can do, I can do better. I like that one. Uh, Kevin Bell, who's been a long time listener of the podcast. You're going to call him a fanatic, would (laughs) not you? Yeah, no, I wasn't. No, no. (laughs) He loves me. They all do. Um, We've got Keys and Grey um, performing The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Bit of a thinker. Alex Lee. Uh, Pardue and Kinnear singing Tainted Love and uh, Nick Some Holden came up with a couple I've left, actually he's another one, Dan Glassy actually works in my office and he's from the other side um, but he came up with John Terry and Ferdinand Herded Through the Grapevine controversial <laughs> um, but I've, I've kept the top three that I liked. Now we should um, have
1: had a sound clip a drum roll. Yeah, um, We'll so be better prepped
3: next week. Yeah. So Nick Holden came up with two and this was one of them, it was um, Villas Boas and Mourinho to embrace the simmering tension between them and perform the Libertines can't stand me now, but his other one, which made it in the top three, just because it was a waddle and huddle to reunite for a 26th anniversary edition of Diamond Light, obviously, which you know, fair enough. Um, <laughs> we've got Ben Anik and Liam Lawrence singing the Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. So you know,
1: p- to put that in the context of people that don't know that that's. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to put that in the yeah, context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Best yeah, left yeah. unsold. But this was my favourite. Google it. And it was, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was, let's uh, allegedly
3: uh, do it. Like <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Channel, allegedly yeah. um, <laughs> this was um, John O'Shea and. Uh, oh, sorry, it was Dan Williams who had the um, the Ben E. Lee and Lawrence one. I don't know if I said that, so credit to him. Um, we've got David Bell. I think's a winner for me, and it was uh, John O'Shea and Jack Arini singing the up song. So, <laughs> yeah so you can do yours now
1: well I was just going down the angle of, I wanted to keep it Sunderland in the house and I was just thinking you know, probably our most creative forward players Jack Arrini and Johnson doing a duet and directing it towards people like maybe Larson and O'Shea who's the most wa- wasteful on the yeah. ball and just singing hello is it me you're looking for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyone who's got the ball yeah. who's facing John yeah.
0: O'Shea yeah it's quite good, well I done. I thought that Stephen. was going
1: to go around really bad. So that I was really, really right. well thought out, actually, so well done.
0: <laughs> Tom? Um, yes, after great deliberation, I came up with, uh, not as good as the others, but uh, Danny Graham and Cabral singing Don't You Want Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that. That was or good. Gazza and Peter Reed singing Little Old Wine Drink of Me. <laughs> I, I had a thought of Gascoigne and Merson, we uh, uh, were
2: going down the pub, but I didn't know how uh, probably that would be. <laughs> I had Fernando Torres and Jan Vertonghen singing the theme from the Itchy and Scratchy show.
4: Yes,
1: <laughs> outside the box, I
2: like it. I like it. We haven't I got think, any I prizes. I'm going to award w-
3: a winner to, um, to, to Stephen, I think, in Studio One. Really? Yeah, that was really? good. I think overall, to... though, if you, you don't win any prize, but you win the uh, adulation of your peers, which I, I, I think is <laughs> more important <laughs> than anything.
1: I'll send myself a f- signed photograph. <laughs> <laughs> again <laughs> <laughs> yes so I'll get predictions from everybody now before we go then um, Tom we um, to be honest here as, mu- as, as much as we want
0: I'm going to cheer myself up a bit and go for a 1-1 draw
2: Chris I think it might be a similar scenario to Liverpool maybe not with as many goals but determined spirited Sunderland performance but I think Man United will just have too much
3: I'm going to say 2-0 man, to Sunderland Right, come on,
2: I liked how bullish his yeah. face was
1: there when he Giaccarini shot and he, kind of, he launched his head it, microphone. You know,
3: I think alador people are commenting about that he hasn't scored, but I think he's been ridiculously unselfish, and I think he's been really good as mm-hmm. a as a center forward, so I'd love to see him get one and I think Jack and him look very dangerous, so up against those two center backs, mm. get into them i'm gonna <laughs>
1: say I'm gonna see a. Uh, one's each, and that's as optimistic as I can possibly be. I do think we would do a break a, a good result somewhere, and that would be a good result. I think it would feel like a win for the players to an extent where if they've got a draw against somebody like Manchester United, that could hopefully be the springboard. We're looking for the springboard. springboard, we're only going to Swansea next week. That's an Points, easy game, no go- that's an we easy need game. wins. Yeah, need that's wins. an easy game. But Gareth, i let you finish on the One more thing before we we'll leave.
3: Oh, yeah, this so, um, you, you might have heard us mention before regarding uh, that we're now associated with Spark FM and uh. Sportsbite. There uh, we call it the lovely Spark Studios at uh, the University of Sunderland, which are fantastic facilities. So you know, next year if you're a college, get yourself along if you're doing a broadcast qualification. Um, and then next year, if we're still here, which we should be, you can get involved with what we're trying to put together now, which is the sport Sportsbite panel. Um, Sportsbite is the um, Sunderland, well, the the s- local sport and national sport arm of the uh, of the university. Um, and what we're trying to do is put together a panel of Passion Sunland supporters who are studying broadcast qualifications and the like, um, radio qualifications, TV qualifications, whatever it may be, um, and we want to get you in the studio um, from time to time uh, and just join in. Um, so if you're interested in becoming part of the Wiseman a couple a podcast, of people already lined yeah. up. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in becoming part of the Wiseman say, um Sports Bike panel, um, get in touch with us on Twitter. It's uh, at Wiseman say 1973 um, or contact Sportsbite uh, or Spark, um, and l- let them know, and they'll put us in touch. Um, we are moving along with things like we've got we've got somebody who we're going to be speaking to, and hopefully we'll get it up and running in the next uh, two or three weeks. So yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to having throngs and throngs of entries, uh, and people who want to get involved. Thongs. Thongs and thongs of entry, <laughs> um, but also if you want to also question of the week. If you want to come up with ideas because I'm clueless, then <laughs> just send 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 us those ideas as well. Um,
1: right. Everybody get involved with yeah, um, get amongst
3: it. This is what it's all about.
1: Right, okay. So it's only Manchester United. Don't have nightmares, people. Thanks for listening. Over and out. <laughs>